0: Welcome to the Denim Hunters Podcast. My name is Thomas and I'm your host. Whether denim is your passion or your profession, or maybe both, this is the podcast for you. Denim Hunters is a blog-turned-consultancy platform. We direct denim business through insights, creativity, and action. If you have a denim business and you'd like to know more about how we can help you grow it, go to denimhunters.com forward slash work. This episode is part of a series where I dive into the Denim Hunters content archive and our denim encyclopedia to discuss some of the essential and most frequently debated topics of raw denim. In this episode, I look at the defining features of quality raw denim jeans. Before we get to the FAQ of this episode and the main topic, I have a small favor to ask you. Please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcast. Send me a screenshot of your rating and your review, and I'll share it on my Instagram story. And don't forget to subscribe to get notified when new episodes come out. All right, here's the FAQ of this episode. All right, so let's get started here with the FAQ of this episode. And the question I'm going to talk about that I get quite a lot is, what's your favorite feature of jeans? And, I mean, the answer here is possibly a little boring, but it, it has to be the fades. So, for me specifically, I really, really love the roping uh, you get with chain-stitched hems. So, you know, that, I don't know what it is, but it, it it's, it's I just think that's beautiful, really. Um, another part of the fade that I, I also enjoy a lot is the slubs that you get with, um, with ring-spun denim. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't like it to be too crazy, I guess, but, well, yeah, a sort of natural, vintage kind of slobbiness, I think that's really cool. And, and then I think the third thing about the fade, the ther- third kind of fade that I really enjoy uh, is the train tracks that you get. Uh, with especially with uncentralized denim once that shrinks um, so you get those of course uh, on the out seams of your jeans um, and I just think I mean I just think that's beautiful If you have a question that you'd like me to answer or ask my guest in a future episode you can submit it at denimhunters.com forward slash questions You can send it in as text which I'll then read out or you can record it as audio, which we can then play back on the podcast. Remember to state your name and your Instagram username. Okay, so we're ready to get into the main topic here. And like I said in the intro of this episode, I'm going to talk about the defining features of quality raw denim jeans. And when I say features, I really mean, I mean everything. Um, I had some, uh, synonyms written down, so it could also be like the components or the characteristics, but I mean, I'm going with the defining features. It's a term I've used in the past as well. So I think I'm just going to stick with that for now. So I think I've, de- I've defined three overall categories that I'm going to talk about in this episode. And, um, and well, we can just, uh, a bit for them now i can just introduce them now as well Uh, so the first one is going to be i'm going to talk about the denim Um, then i'm going to talk about the fit and then third i'm going to talk about the details Um, so yeah i guess let's just jump right into it um like i said the first topic i'm going to talk about is the denim and of course when we talk about the denim we inevitably inevitably going to talk about the fades that is the main thing of the denim, um, and I think I need to. I mean, so so what is what is uh, what is fading really? I mean, first of all, let's just get that out of the way. So the fade is really when you have denim, the the color will uh, the, the the indigo will sit on the surface of the yarn. So unlike um, many other fabrics that are dyed all the way through. the the indigo color will not really penetrate through the yarn. Um, So as you rub that color off, uh, as you wear it, as there's friction, as you wash it off, um, then the undyed core of the yarn will slowly appear and you get this gradual uh, sort of fade of the color really. Um, so, so that's what we're going for. That's, um, like I said in the FAQ. I mean, that's one of that's my favorite thing about denim. It's, I think, uh, the for most people that's the that's their favorite thing about denim. That's why, and that's why we wear raw denim. That's how I really got into it in the beginning. I mean, you you discover that hey, there's something going on here. My my I bought these jeans. They were all you know, all dark blue all one color. And then as you as you wear them, as you wash them, if you do that, they'll start to change. So I again, that's, that's, uh, for most of us, I think that's why we're really into this. And that's probably why you're listening to this podcast in the first place is because you love this as well. So so it's all about it's all about the fades, right? Um, and, and I mean, I'm not going to discuss or, you know, really what is a good fade, because for me, that's something that is uh, at least partly subjective. You know, some people, they uh, prefer to have super, super high contrast. So meaning where sort of uh, the lower part of the leg is as dark as possible and the upper where you get most friction on the thighs, um, uh, around the knees, of course, on the top block, that has to be as bright as possible. And, and that can look really cool. But uh, I, I think then there's other people that are more into the sort of what we, I guess we call vintage fades, uh, that are sort of mm, less contrast, maybe a little more oval. Uh, usually that involves more washing. Um, and, and yeah, you get that, that sort of classic uh, royal blue uh, that we all know from Levi's, uh, like a good pair of vintage Levi's jeans, that's sort of a vintage fade. Um so, so so but I mean and this you know I, I'm not saying one is better than the other it's just theres the different kinds of fades really um but but in the end you know how the fades are gonna look, of course it depends on it depends on how you wear the jeans. so first of all, you need to wear them to actually fade them. it sort of goes without saying but still you know I you sometimes talk to people that are like, Hey, I worn my jeans for two years. And it's like, mm, yeah, but maybe in total, you had them on for like two months or something uh, every day over those two years, you know, so you wore them maybe 60 days uh, in two years. So, so you didn't wear them two years, you just wore them 60 days. That's like two months uh, for a lot of us will, who will just wear out the same pair of jeans for every single day uh, for months and months. So... um but anyway, you know, so obviously you need to wear them. That ef- that affects the fades. And then, uh, you know, wear them hard as well. You know, don't baby the jeans. Uh, you know, you need to go out and, and really, I mean... You don't have to really get dirty, but go out and, and, and do some do some work in them. You know, if that's uh, taking walks, if that's biking, if that's your thing, uh, you know, just wear them when you uh, move stuff around the house. Uh, if you have some garden work, anything, you know, that can get some some wear into the jeans, wear them. Don't let them sit there and, and, and do your, you know, have them as your nice jeans or something like that. Then you're never going to get fades, really. Um, then, of course, there's also... It does affect the fade how you wash them and if you wash them, and I'm gonna get to this uh, in more detail in in uh, uh, another episode that I'm doing in this little series here. But um, but yeah, I mean, if if you wash them a lot, it's gonna get more of that vintage fade uh, look uh, more overall. If you never ever wash them, of course, it's gonna stay really dark. Uh, it's gonna st- have this the you know almost as when they were new. Uh, you can see that, for instance, with uh, the way Rudy wears his jeans. You know, he never, ever, ever washes his jeans. They only get, like, snow from when he skis in them and, and rain from when he bikes in them. But um, but other than that, you know, no water. And, and they're going to look almost new uh, at the lower part of the leg. Uh, so um, so that's, you know, this, I think the two uh, really opposites here, polar opposites. but um, But sort of in between, yeah, I mean... Uh, that does affect it but i mean so we talked about you know uh, wear them a lot and how you wash them of course there's also how they fit and that's the second really thing i'm going to talk about in this episode you know but i mean yeah if we talk about fades the fit is important as well because if you have really uh, loose fitting jeans you're going to get much longer whiskers for instance Um, whereas if you have really tight fitting jeans Everything is going to be much more um, horizontal. So the whiskers are going to be more horizontal. The honeycombs are going to be more horizontal. But then, like like I said, with loose fitting jeans, you're going to get much bigger honeycombs, usually at least. So so that has an an, an impact as well. Um, and then, you know. But in the end, it's really about how that denim is made. Um, so let's just briefly talk about, you know, what uh, how how that is done and and how it, it impacts those fades. So first of all, you have the cotton. Um, that is the key ingredient in denim. I mean, and uh, when we, I mean, most of you are probably only wearing one hundred percent cotton jeans. So let's just assume that that's what we're talking about. That's what I wear, and uh, that's what I have experience with um so i mean the cotton uh, you know and what we what's really important here is how long those fibers are um and that's called staple length so you can have like um, really short fibers or you can have really long fibers and that's important because in the next stage of making denim uh, the second stage which is where those Fibers are spun into a yarn, you know, if you have longer fibers, you can actually twist them tighter together giving uh, A a tighter yarn, but also a a smoother softer yarn as well Uh, Whereas with if you if you only have really short fibers, they're gonna get a little more fussy. and this all uh, Influences the third stage, which is where you add the indigo. So if we took that really tightly spun yarn with long fibers, that indigo is not really going to get in there. Um, my good friend uh, Simon Giuliani from Candiani Denim, he he once used the metaphor of like if you have a, a towel, if you if you take a towel and you you spin that really really tightly and you dip it into water, and then you take it up and you open it again, you know, a lot of it is gonna is gonna stay dry. So. So it's sort of it's sort of the same here. Uh, whereas if you have that really fussy open yarn that is made with short fibers, more of the indigo is going to get further into the core. So this is really important for for how um, for how high contrast you can get, and how also how quickly you can get those contrasts. So if you have that tightly woven um, yarn that uh, has indigo sitting really only at the surface, you know, you're going to wear it off quickly. Of course, then you can have that yarn dipped many, many times. So it's going to take longer. And it also affects, you know, it's also um, it's also the, the method that you dye with. So you can be either slasher dyed or rope dyed. And I'm not going to get into the technicalities here, but that will have an impact too. So The fourth stage of uh, making denim is where you take that indigo dyed yarn and you weave that together with yarn that, oh that's at least usually how it's done, you weave it together with yarn that doesn't have a color. So it's either bleached or it's just natural uh, ecru color. Um, and that's how you get you know, the classic blue denim that is blue on the front and white on the back. Of course, you could also take a, a black weft yarn uh, and weave that together with indigo dyed warp yarn, and then you get some interesting um, different colors as well. I mean, you can use any color, really, but the classic kind of denim has um, indigo dyed warp. That's the one that runs uh, downwards, and then you have undyed or bleached uh, weft that... Um, that will run across really um and i'm gonna i, I talk a, lo- a lot more about this uh, on on denim hunters there's videos about it uh you can you can see it in detail it's it's maybe a little easier to explain with with the images uh, and, and video so uh, go on there if you want to learn more about that but that is important too and and w- when we talk about weaving really the main thing is if it's selvage denim or not so for a lot of denim heads, there is only really one thing that matters that, that that works, and that is selvedge denim. And, and well, it's it's sort of um, I think for a lot of people getting into denim, uh, selvedge is you know always associated with higher quality, and it is sort of true. Uh, it's not that, but but the the thing is that selvedge denim takes a lot longer to weave. So to get the amount of denim that you need for a pair of jeans takes up to 10 times longer if it's woven on, on selvage, on, on shuttle looms, which they're called, uh, compared to like uh, wide looms, projectile looms, uh, different kinds of wide looms. Um, so, so that's, you know, it, it takes a lot longer and that usually means that you will, you, you will use the best of the best in terms of the ingredients, in terms of the, the cotton, how it's spun, the Indigo, it's dyed with everything, you know, because you're just going to end up with a, I mean, a much more expensive, like, at least costly um, fabric to make. So it makes sense to use the best you can get, right? Um, I I sometimes use sort of the analogy that, you know, if you have a, a Mercedes, you know, you wouldn't put like some junk engine in that, right? So, so you know, it needs to sort of fit together, Um and uh, But the thing about selvage, of course, is that, I mean, you can recognize it as, as I'm sure you, I mean, you probably know that by now, but uh, if, if you're new to denim, you know, the way that you recognize selvage denim is, of course, uh, usually on the out seams of the jeans, you fold them up and you see those white lines, usually with some sort of colored uh, yarn in there as well, as some, um, usually red, but it can be any color really, but you will see it like a tightly... Uh, woven finished edge that and there's no stitching on it really so there's no overlocking to keep it from fraying and that's where that's it's self etched um, and it's really it, it happens in the weaving so the the weft that I talked about earlier is going to be shot across in this shuttle hence the name the shuttle loom so you have a shuttle that holds the weft and that's then shot across. Um, at around it is around 150 times per minute on average sort of uh, that it will be shot back and forth across and that really weaves this, this edge this self-finished edge, edge of the of the fabric there and you can take that and use it in the jeans. And you know, historically and, and the you know it's there because you can maximize the use of the fabric then. You don't have to cut anything off on on the edges really. So you can just put and it makes a lot of sense, I guess, to have it there in the outseams. seams. Um, but anyway, so so the the thing with Selvage is that You know, because it weaves slower compared to, I mentioned earlier, wide looms. So, not white, but wide looms. Uh, One type of wide loom uh, is called a projectile loom and it uses sort of a little bullet like, uh, it's it's like a mini little shuttle kind of thing, but it will then take the weft across and then cut it off and then take another weft across. So, it's not going to be the same. Uh, yarn going back and forth in the same way so it weaves a lot faster at on average um, 600 beat per minute um, so it's shot across 600 times a minute and it goes really fast and and again it's not the same continuous yarn so so you get a you, you don't get the same character and it really it is it comes down mostly to this to the speed there uh, because if you weave slower you can you can the, the, the loom will tolerate more slops. And those slops they come from the spinning, right? So so that's the unevenness there. Um so anyway, um, that's important and um then in the fifth stage of making denim, uh that's where you add the fabric finishing. And really if most fabric is, is finished one way or the other. Um The only kind of fabric that isn't—it's called loom state. It's basically straight off the loom, and uh, nothing has been done to it. But that's quite uncommon. Even, I mean, the most common um, fabric finishing method is sanforization, and that's where you pre shrink the denim before it's sewn into a garment, into a pair of jeans. So so that sort of that eliminates the shrinkage, and it makes it a lot easier when you're sizing for the jeans. and and I, most fabric is uh, is sanforized these days anyway um and uh, another one that is quite common for denim is uh, called skewing and that's because uh in the weaving process i mean so uh because denim is a, a twill it will have a direction so you you have a twill line really and uh, the fabric has a natural tendency to to twist in the direction of the twirl line so that's why you have when you have right hand twirl, for instance the denim will sort of naturally pull towards the right and that's what gives you the leg twist if you've ever seen that if you've ever experienced that so skewing that prevents that uh, in uh, that finishing method uh, prevents that and and um, sort of counteracts the natural skewing. Um, and then a third common method is uh, is cinching, uh, and that's where you sort of you b- basically burn off the excess fibers that will sit on the surface of the yarn of the of the finished fabric. So um, so if you if you see a denim that looks really really hairy, sort of almost, it, it's probably not, I mean then it's not cinched, but it's it's quite common to do with with most fabrics uh, these days as well. So um, so yeah, that was the. Um, that was sort of the first topic of, uh, of the defining features of quality uh, raw denim jeans. And I mean, I, I talked about uh, the f- denim here and how it fades and how the production of denim influences the, the way that it fades. All right, so uh, the second topic of this episode is gonna be fit. Now, I'm not gonna talk uh, too much about it because I actually have a full episode dedicated solely to this, but um, but yeah, it is uh, I think super super important, and uh, it's part of what you know really defines quality raw denim jeans the fit of them. So, um, so let's just briefly talk about why it is and, and what you know really is a fit. So, I think. Getting a good fit is probably one of the hardest things of making jeans. Um, I mean, you can just... I, I'm, I'm not a jean maker myself, but, you know, just from experience, just from talking to designers, this is the thing that is the toughest to get right. Um, because, I mean, the, it, it's sort of the very small details of how to get jeans to fit well um, and how to get them to fit well on many different body types. Uh, that's important too, and then when you take into consideration the the denim you know you need to you it's not only having a good fit you know a good pattern that you can make a good fit from you know you you also need to tweak that to match it to the specific denim that you're using so if you're using a lightweight denim you know that will that exact same fit is going to look different if you use, for instance, a heavyweight denim, uh, or if you would use a denim that is uh, more loosely woven or tighter, more tightly woven, or even if you, I mean, if you would use stretch, it's a completely different thing. So this is, you know, uh, crucial to getting, uh, you know, good jeans. And you know, from a wearer's perspective, it's also important because you know, if jeans don't fit well, you know, you're never going to wear them. Uh, I've sadly owned too many jeans that for some reason just didn't fit me and it meant that I would never ever wear them. So, um, you know, from again, from a buyer's perspective, from a wearer's perspective, it's super important that you get quality fits. Um, So what is a fit? Uh, Let's just, again, I have a full episode dedicated to this, but briefly, you know, a fit is made up of really the shape of the leg and then the rise. Um, and the shape of the leg uh, consists of um, really the, the thigh, the knee, the leg opening. That's how you can play around with sort of the shape of, of those legs. So, I mean, if you have a wide thigh and a super narrow leg opening, then you will have a really like a balloon fit, a kind of, uh, or it, that's what would be a tapered. So so you know you play around with that um, a, st- a straight leg uh, of course as the name suggests or usually at least you know is is, is kind of straight at least from the knee down of course thighs uh, on you know on bodies are, are bigger than the, the leg openings on uh, the so 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 thighs are always even on straight legs they're going to be wider than at the opening uh, otherwise you know it would you know you, you couldn't wear them uh, or at least they would be very very like uh, wide leg you know as you see on women's jeans sometimes these days um so yeah i mean that's the shape of the leg and then as i said uh, the rise is the second thing and this is where you know this this is really the top block uh, we're talking about here and 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 how sort of tall that is um so you have at the front and at the back and they have to be they, they cannot be the same uh length really the front rise needs to be lower uh because the jeans need to go a little further up on the back and sort of uh, hock around your waist up there. Um, So, but yeah, I mean, you can have, you can have low rise, you can have sort of mid rise or high rise. I think that those are the three most common uh, names for it. Um, And uh, and yeah, this is important too. I mean, this is, I think, this is one of the things that you often see um, makers struggling with is if, and, or at least, it, it this is where, you know, on, on body types, on different body types, you can get the most variation, really. Um, but, like I said, I mean, the front rise needs to be a little bit lower. If it's too high, you're going to get usually a little too much bulk around the crotch area, uh, which doesn't look good. Um, if they're not high enough on the back, um, you will, you know, they're going to just be sitting too low and you will see underwear or, you know, what's worse. So, um, yeah, I mean, th- that is essential as well. Uh, so, yeah, uh, shape of the leg and rise, you know, make up the fit and uh, this is important, yeah, because, you know, you want jeans that fit well, you want jeans you can wear uh, and and enjoy and, and get those fades into, um, yeah so, so that was really just uh, briefly again um, the second topic of uh, of the defining features of quality jeans again I'm gonna dedicate a full episode to this uh, so uh, the, I'm gonna go into a lot more detail uh, on how to actually find uh, fits that work for all different kinds of body types okay so the third and final topic uh, of this episode where i talk about the defining features of quality raw denim jeans is uh, well really the biggest i guess and uh, this is where i'm going to talk about the details so um this is really i mean uh, let's assume now that you have uh, a, a nice denim that's gonna fade nicely uh, you have uh, a fit that you know is well made, it's well constructed, um, and then it works for your body type as well. Um, then let's let's look at uh, at the details here, and uh, I've listed quite a lot, and then there's probably more uh, because there's tons of details in jeans, but I'm going to talk about what I th- consider the most important. So first off, um, there's the hardware. And um, this is the, the rivets, the buttons, all you know the hard pieces that are in the jeans. Uh, it could be if, if there's a zipper as well, really. So um, so if we if we start with I think the most important defining features of blue jeans in general, that is the rivet. Um, this is what really started it all for Levi Strauss and Company uh, in the 1870s when, you know, they they got the patent and all of that, and uh, everyone else wanted to have rivets on jeans. So when that patent ran out, everyone put rivets on jeans. And, you know, it's um, really, you know, it's a key thing, uh, from my perspective, at least, for jeans. Um, Of course, you can have jeans without rivets. Uh, You know, they can still be characterized as, as jeans. And You know, in the 60s, going back to Levi's, they they made jeans uh, without rivets uh, because, of course, a little, you know, piece of metal, um, and it can be different types of metal, but uh, usually it it would be copper, but it could also be zinc, it could be different uh, other types of metal, uh, that has a cost in the production. So if you take that out, you know, you're going to eliminate some cost, and that can I mean, either you make more money, or you can sell it um, cheaper, and uh, and and then get more volume, possibly. Uh, but anyway, you know. So, so uh, the hardware and specifically the rivets, um, they are important. And in what I usually look for, you know, for me, it 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 kind of has to be copper. I mean, I, I'm also, a, I mean, like. Classic guy in the in, in I mean my jeans, they I, I don't like anything that's sort of uh, out of the ordinary <laughs> I guess you could say you know I like them you know classic five pocket style uh, and that involves uh, copper rivets and um, the best kind are the ones that are, are called punched through rivets um, where sort of uh, the washer and the the burr sort of the the pointy end and then sort of the plate. Uh, they will be, uh, you know, you basically, I mean, usually you have to make a hole, right? And uh, denim makers can can go into more detail about this. But, you know, you have to, you have to make a hole first, and then you have that pointy bit, you put that through the back, and then you uh, attach the the plate on the front, really. Uh, And that, you know, you can identify this of course if there's a little um, sometimes there will be a little bit of fabric a little bit of yarn uh, you know coming out on the front uh, and that's how you sort of identify this punch through Uh, so it's just a classic way uh, of doing it Um, and you know the 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 modern way where you have uh, you know there's there's still the the back and the front but you know that little pointy bit is sort of part of the front, so there's nothing really sticking all the way through, coming through on you know the front on on modern rivets, and those are fine too. I mean, I don't know if uh, if durability wise, you know, punch through rivets are stronger, possibly. Uh, again, this is where you'd have to talk to a, a technician, I guess. Uh, but uh, but anyway, there's something about the aesthetics of it, and that's what I enjoy, and that's what I think a lot of denim heads enjoy as well. So, um, so that was rivets, um, buttons, you know, the, the classic kind of buttons, they would be, uh, you know, it could be a sink buttons, uh, or it could be some sort of, you know, uh, shiny metal, uh, uh you know, so, so it's, it's more like a silver kind of color. Um, but of course these could also be covered. These could be more like gun metal, uh, all different kinds of color, um, but, but, you know, this is what you, you'd look for uh, in terms of hardware. Um, then the second thing, talking about details that I've listed uh, here, is uh, pockets. Um, so, first off, uh, like I said, for me, jeans have to have five pockets. Uh, that means uh, two on the back and then three on the front. And uh, one of those front pockets, of course, is the coin pocket uh, that is sort of halfway tucked into um, the the left uh, front pocket uh, when you hold up the jeans, it will be on the left. Uh, if you wear them, it's going to be on the right. Um, anyway, so uh, so that's sort of the, the classic placement, and um, and you have those five pockets. And not um, the, the not the classic placement. It, it's a classic, uh, you know, number. Oh uh, well. Um, anyway, so talking about pockets, I think. Um, It it's really down. I mean, the most important thing here is uh, the back pockets. And that is uh, that I had written placement here in my my notes. Uh, And again, this is sort of, um, you know, this is really where the, the back pockets sit on the back there. And of course, this is related to the fit, you know, because even though, where you put the pockets really it doesn't have anything to do with how the jeans fit. It adds some sort of visual, um, it has visual influence on, on how the jeans look and hence how, you know, how, you, how the, the fit is perceived. So let's just, uh, you know, taking it to the extreme, if you have the pockets really, really, really low, even though it's, you know, you wear them, you know, where you're sort of supposed to, I guess, um, they would look sort of low-hanging. Or if you put them really, really far apart, it's gonna look, you know, it's essentially gonna make your your butt look bigger. Um, and and if you put them too close together, I think it looks too flat. Um, so there's there's some sort of art in this and in making the pockets right, and it's also then the shape of the pockets. Um, so, so listeners and, and readers of Denim Hunters will know that I've been wearing Ironheart quite a lot uh, for, for the past couple of years. And what they do and what other brands do as well, like uh, Rogue Territory, for instance, they have pockets, back pockets, that are sort of slanted uh, outwards at the bottom. So they're not sitting, you know, exactly uh, the same placement. They're sort of, I'm holding up my hand now to sort of, they're sort of tilting a little out at the bottom Um, and and on me at least, I think this this gives a very nice shape of the top block on the back. So yeah, placement of back pockets is important also when you're considering fit. Um, And talking about back pockets, uh, they can be, uh, you know, you sometimes find back pockets that are lined with um, the same fabric that is usually the same fabric that is used for the pocket bags of the front pocket. And this is, I mean, essentially a reinforcement of the back pockets. And most of us probably don't need this reinforcement. Uh, I mean, if you wear a, a big wallet or something like that in your back pocket, yeah, reinforcement is gonna make them last a little longer. But you're probably gonna wear through them anyway. Um, so, but it, it's still it, it's it's sort of a, a sign of uh, at least attention to detail of quality. Um, that you will have lined back pockets. Um, and, and talking about, you know, lining, the lining used then as I said, this is often the same um, fabric, uh, and usually this is, you know, uh, an ecru fabric, uh, so it's not going to be the same color as, as the, it's not the same denim, it's just without color. Um, this you can also, I mean, this is really where you can, um, I guess, see if it's quality jeans or not. Uh, Or at least if they pay attention to it, uh, because if you have, I mean, you can have the nicest denim, great fit, and all, but if you then put you know crappy material there for the pocket bags, they're gonna blow out, you know, in a couple months, and you know you'd need to repair them. You will get annoyed, uh, and it's 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 just not you know it's where you can maybe save a little money in the production, but I don't think really it's worth it. So look for something that is you know sturdy enough to. At least last year like six months a uh, year or something before you need to repair them uh, i mean not even the toughest pockets bag can last forever i mean because you if you're like me i mean you will carry stuff around in your pockets i have my phone always on the left side of my uh in, in my left front pocket uh, and and of course it creates a little mark there but it also wears out the pocket bag um, and in my keys will usually be in the other pocket, and essentially, you know, eventually they're just going to um, be worn down, so you would have to repair or replace them anyway, but this is something you can look for if it's a good, sturdy, quality um, you know, pocket bag uh, that, that, that you'll find there on the, on the front as well. Uh, then jumping a little around, or, or I guess, but combining what I talked about with hardware and pockets, you can have hidden rivets on the back pockets, And, um, again, this is, uh, like, historically, jeans used to have exposed rivets on the back, so they would be, like, on the front pockets. I mean, you can see them. They would be pointy, uh, and uh, they could, of course, scratch uh, things you would sit on. So, in the mid-1930s, Levi's, they actually started sort of covering uh, up, the the rivets with uh, a little bit of fabric they they uh, would hide them or conceal them I think they call it uh, in their marketing from then um, but but these days we call them hidden rivets and again I mean uh, for durability yeah or in terms of durability most of us we don't need hidden rivets we don't need the rivets there because um, you also have bar tacks which is a kind of stitching I'm going to talk about more more about stitching later but you know uh, back pockets also have uh, bar tags and they're not going to fall off easily. And I think also, again, some people carry a wallet in their back pockets, but I mean, it's it's quite um, infrequent that, that you will see people with, uh, you know, rod and you know, actually sort of blow out their back pockets. So I mean, most of us we're safe, but it's still a quality feature, and it does uh, give nice fades when those pointy bits of the rivets they you know wear through uh, the fabric there, because that happens eventually uh, in most cases. So so look for if there's hidden rivets; it's it's a nice little sign of uh, quality as well. and sticking to pockets, the last thing I have here in my notes is the, of course, the coin pocket, which I mentioned earlier as well. You know, so um, if you put down a pair of jeans on the on the left side, there's going to be a little that little pocket halfway tucked into the left front pocket, and. Um, that is uh, most commonly called the coin pocket. Uh, there's It's also been called, the, I, I believe, the, the watch pocket or the match pocket, uh, as in matches. Uh, but anyway, I'm calling it the coin pocket just for the sake of clarity. Um, and what you can look for there is, of course, I mean, uh, you know, there's, there's the function of it. Is it easy to get into? Is it big enough to hold? Whatever you want to put in there, it could also be if you uh, if you wear a little pocket knife or a lighter. If you wear, I usually wear use it for uh, for coins, um, which I use in the supermarket to get the cart. But anyway, that's uh, so, so so you know. Is, is it easy to get into? Uh, is something I actually sort of check, uh, and it's also part of the, the construction, the design. Um, but what you can look for as in terms of sort of a Sign of quality, I guess, is if there's on the inside if there's selvage, uh, because it's it's a classic feature to have it there. Again, it's it's not that it's. Uh, I mean, you can have selvage denim jeans and not have selvage coin pocket, and it's totally fine. It's not that that coin pocket is uh, is any worse than if it had selvage on that edge. Um, but it's just a n- nice little touch, I think. Uh, For me, I mean, I prefer it to sort of be hidden. So you have to sort of, you have to turn uh, the seam out to actually see the edge. Um, I'm not a big fan of having the edge exposed. Um, And I know, you know, you'll find that on some brands. Um, You'll find it on uh, my good friend uh, Leonard from Bensack. He will use it on his sixth coin pocket. I think that's clever. So he has um, a coin pocket, a sixth pocket on the other side. Where that um, that is sitting all up to the waistband, you know, all close to the waistband, and that has exposed selvage uh, to prevent, you know, from to sort of eliminate having a stitch there to make it uh, hide away under if you wear a belt. Uh, that's a clever idea, uh, and I like that. But um, but on the regular coin pocket. Personally, I prefer not to have exposed selvage there. I, it just becomes a little too showy for me somehow. Uh, and it's not, again, going back to me. I, I like the classic style, so I, I want it traditional, really. All right, that was um, what I had written about pockets. Uh, when we we're talking about details here of um, of quality raw denim jeans, um, another thing that, uh, that you should look for is the belt loops. So um, the classic uh, number of belt loops is five you have uh, sort of two at the front on either side of the f- of the opening uh two at the, your side and then one at the back um uh, of course on on some jeans there are six on some on uh, for instance uh, 316 they have six belt loops uh wrangler um they have uh, seven tr- traditionally uh, so so there's two more at the back and uh You know, that was made to... Because, you know, Wrangler was for um, uh, uh, horse riders, rodeo riders, uh, but uh, cowboys really, anyone on a horse. And of course, when you sit down and and, uh, there can be some little flabby parts of of fabric up there. So they added more belt loops. That's one of their defining features really. But anyway, uh, more importantly than the number really, I think is how they're constructed. So what you will uh, often find on 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 quality jeans or i mean you can find it especially on japanese jeans which and they are very inspired you know they're very inspired by the originals i think but um, but you will find sort of this little um raised part in the middle um in between the two uh, rows of stitching so you, you know you have a Uh, if you have a a pair of jeans in front of you or you're wearing jeans right now, you know, look down and you'll see two rows of stitching. And then if the middle part in between there is a little raised, that's a good thing. Uh, And is it functionally better? Well, not really. I mean, but it's the fact that it's raised means that this will fade quicker than the rest of the belt loop and it's going to look nice. So, So that's really the thing there. Um uh and uh talking about belt loops another thing that you can look for and um this is has more to do with durability really uh but it's um if if it's a, the classic type of of belt loop will will really just it would be stitched on um and and then that's sort of it but you can also have them tucked into the waistband and um and this adds a little bit of durability, especially if you would wear um, keys hanging from your pocket, if you would wear a, a, a chain for your wallet or something like that. Uh, things hanging in those belt loops, you're just going to have a little bit more of, uh, of durability there. And it's also a sign of, of high attention to detail. And, you know, the fact it's a sign of... of you know more uh, effort put into making them because, you, as it's tucked into the waistband, really, you need to have you need to make it as you're attaching the waistband to to the legs of the jeans to the front and the back, um, and it, it's just more time consuming and it's more difficult to to do. Uh, so of course that it it costs more money production wise Uh, so it's a it's a sign of quality it's a sign of attention to detail and that does have a little bit of extra durability in there as well so um right and um then i've noted down stitching uh like i briefly said earlier i was talking about bar tags uh which is a type of stitching but um and, and we can just get to that i mean so so a bar tag uh is really. It was introduced as a replacement for rivets on jeans, um, and you will find it again on belt loops. For instance, you will find it at uh, the the corners of back pockets. Uh, also, if they have hidden rivets, and um, and there's really two types of uh, bar tags. Um, there's the sort of the old school uh, type, which um, on back pockets, for instance, will be done if you. If you envision that you you have the jeans, uh, you have the, the the two leg parts of the back, they're stitched together, then you will you will f- fold over the back pocket. So you put it down and then you fold it over, um, you know, forwards, and then you would sort of have to stitch the bar tack there, and then fold the back pocket back, and then stitch that onto. Um, and again, I have uh, I have pictures of this on denim hunters, and I'm gonna include that in the blog post with this as well because you sort of need to see it, I guess, to understand it. And again, I'm not a jeans maker, so I, there's probably some technical terms that I don't uh, know. Um, or was, uh, you know, you can have a jeans maker probably explain this uh, more visually. Uh, but anyway, yeah so the other type of uh, of bar tag is uh, is what you will usually find on uh, on the on the belt loops actually uh, and it can also sometimes be on the back pockets it's uh, it's quicker to do again because you can you don't have to uh, you don't have to do it before you stitch on the back pocket. Um, so so you can you can stitch on the back pocket and then add the bar tag later um, and uh, and yeah these are really the two types uh, of of bar tag stitching there. Um, but I think when we talk about stitching and, and, you know, defining features of quality raw denim jeans, you will first of all, look at the hems. Um, so the stitching at the leg opening, really the hem stitch down there. Um, and what you will look for is, uh, is a chain stitch. And, um, again, this is something that is probably... Better explained with with the video uh, and 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 with the images, and I have some on Denim Hunters that I'm gonna link to, but uh, but really, the most important part here is uh, is the result. It's not really well. We could talk about how it's made, but it's really what it does to the fade that it matters the most, I guess. And um, and and what you will get with the chain stitched hem, at least if it's the right height and if it's done with the right folder and on, on you, you know, you get it most pronounced on, on vintage, uh, chain stitch machines is this roping effect. And this is where you, if you have a pair of jeans, uh, you know, you, you cannot, you won't have it on new raw denim jeans. Uh, you can, uh, you can start seeing it after the first, uh, wash, even after the first rinse. So if you have a pair of one wash jeans, for instance, that you just bought, you will, you can see if the roping will, you know, appear, really, um, already there. Otherwise, you sort of, you need to to wear them a little, you need to wash them for this to happen. Um, and really, uh, you get this sort of, where it, it kind of looks like the the fade lines, they will be diagonal, first of all, and it sort of looks like they rope around uh, the, the hem stitch there. Um, and yeah, of course, this... Happens because the the parts of fabric are not sitting directly on top of the each other. They're sort of. I mean, and again, I think you need to go to a video to see this or to see some visuals. And I have that, but yeah, uh, this is really what happens. Um, and this is this is a feature that, again, like I said uh, in the FAQ, uh, it's it's one of my favorite parts of the fade. Um, so 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 I think this is something you would you would look for. Um, then another thing that of course is uh, depends on brand and and can be uh, uh, something that is has you know something that you like or dislike personally uh, subjectively uh, is the back pocket signature so we're still talking about stitching and we're talking about what on Levi's jeans is called the arcuate I call that back pocket signature because of course it's uh, different for for all brands, you know. Some brands they don't have anything on their back pockets, but most brands will have some, at least some jeans that have something on there. Um, and uh, and you know, in- inspiration for almost all of them come from Levi's because, of course, until the nineteen forties, Levi's didn't have a trademark on the arcuate. So you will be able to find, uh, I mean, you probably can't find them because they're all owned by collectors at this point, but there does exist jeans from Lee and Wrangler, for instance, that have this exact same style of back pocket signature as Levi's. But of course, since they trademarked it, um, all other brands after them have uh, have to do something else. And then this is also something that uh, Levi's have uh, sued brands for in the past for for using the same arco Um So, so th- that's why I call it sort of a signature, because it, it needs to be different for, for all types of brains. And this is something you would look for. Uh, this, of course, this is aesthetics, mostly. I mean, there, there's no real function here Um but it, again, it does impact also, I think, it can impact at least how uh, the jeans sort of, how the fit appear, you know, visually. Uh, the, the, the perception of how the jeans fit can be influenced by the back pocket signature and the way that it's shaped. So it's something to pay attention to as well, I think. Um, all right, so um, something else when we talk about stitching, of course, is the type of thread that is used to make the stitches. Uh, the different thread colors and then the different thicknesses. So, if you have a pair of jeans that only have this, that have the same color throughout, uh, the same th- thickness, the same basically the same thread throughout, it's going to be of course uh, less costly to produce because you don't have to change the thread or use different machines. So it takes it's quicker to do, and uh, and you don't have to buy different the threads to to make the jeans as well um so so i mean if you look at a pair of jeans and and there are several uh, thicknesses and colors in there uh, you know it's probably something you know you it, it's, it's intentional at least in it, it, it's intentional in any way but it's something that was prioritized to pay a little more to to get this different uh, these different uh, threads uh, thread sizes thread colors in there um so um and that's something to pay attention to, and 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 I think that it usually looks better because you don't want the same you don't want the same thickness at least throughout the jeans. You know, it can look well, for instance, on the yoke seams. If it's a little thicker, it can look uh, it can look nice. If the if the if the back pocket signature is a different color, a different thickness, you know, you can play around with it. And, um, and I, I mentioned uh, uh, Ben Sack earlier as well. And, and uh, I know, I mean, and, and Leonard has, has talked about this a lot in the past. He's very intentional in his design, for instance, about the thicknesses and, and colors that he uses throughout. And um, another thing when we talk about thread is the uh, SPI or stitch per inch. So this is really how, how long each stitch is. And this is also something you can play around with having uh, and and you will find this on most jeans uh, that the, the, the stitch length is different. It, it varies throughout the jeans. Again, on the on the yoke seams, it can be a little longer. Uh, other places, it can be a little shorter. It's it, it you know it's something you can play around with visually as a denim designer as a jeans designer. Uh, so something to pay attention to as well. And then uh, lastly, talking about stitches. Um, I wanna bring up um, the waistband stitch. Um, so this is a little, you know, waistband uh, on, on virtually all jeans will be uh, sewn with uh, with a chain stitch as well. So this has nothing to do with roping. Um, instead, it's got something to do with the fact that a chain stitch stretches. So, you know, and, and you need a stretch in the waistband. So it makes sense to have it there as well. Um, but really, the detail that you can look for is if the chain stitch goes all the way around. And usually, you will find it only at the at the you know part of the waistband, the bottom part of the waistband. You can find it on you will see it on the inside, uh, where basically where the waistband is attached to the rest of the jeans to the legs. Um, so you will find it there, and then you look uh, at the top where you have um where you have the the buttonhole if the chain stitch goes all the way out or if it sort of ends where the fly begins and if then it's then replaced by a lock stitch. Um, and and this is, you know, having it with the lock stitch is, uh, is easier to make. Um, so it's a little, it's not cheating really, but the traditional, the authentic way is to have it with the chain stitch all around. And that's a tougher to make uh, and again, attention to detail, really. Um, and then the last thing I've noted in terms of stitching is uh, seam alignment on the yoke. So you can you can see really if the two uh, halves of the yoke, if where they meet, if that stitching aligns off perfectly or if it doesn't. I mean, and this can be of course done intentionally if you have, um, you know. Uh, super high quality reproduction jeans. You know they might intentionally not make it uh, aligned because that might have been. You know if they're looking at a, a pair of vintage jeans and they're inspired by them and and they didn't have that alignment in there. You know they will recreate that. But you know if if you it, it can also be like a sign of quality really. And because of course it it it, it takes uh, you know true craftsmanship to make those seams uh, truly aligned and it just i in my p- opinion it just looks a little better it's like a it's like the um, if you have a striped shirt and then if if uh, the the yoke parts of that is aligned with the rest of the fabric of the pockets is aligned uh you know it just takes a little more attention so so i like that part uh, the second last thing i'm going to talk about here when we uh, talk about the details is the branding so um and, and this is really, you know, again, together with, I guess, the back pocket signature is where uh, jeans makers can visually sort of play around and, 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 and differentiate themselves. So, but usually jeans will have a, a, a brand patch, I call it. Um, the, and usually this will, uh, traditionally at least, this will would have been made from leather. But of course, it can also be jacron, a cardboard, a paper-like uh, material. Um, And this is where, you know, on Levi's jeans, of course, you would have the the talk of war theme where two horses would be trying to pull apart a a pair of Levi's jeans. But it can be really any sort of graphics on there. Um, And then, of course, usually the brand name or something, you know, text written there as well. Um, uh, And then... Talking about branding, you have labels. Again, the most iconic label has to be the red tab on Levi's jeans, which uh, you find on the right back pocket. Um, and this has been sort of, of course, you know, you can't just go out and do that because Levi's had a have a, they have a patent on the red tab. So you can't put that on your jeans as well. And this is also something that they will sue you for if you do, unless you're in Japan where they don't have the, the, the trademark for it for some reason. Um, that's denim history. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's why you will find uh, jeans with red tabs in Japan. But they're not allowed to be sold outside of Japan, really. Same with the back pocket signature, the Arco at that. Um, anyway, uh, this is, you know, you can look for labels. And um, it's just a little visual thing. And, and I think, again, it doesn't have a, a function. Uh, like, a, it's not something that makes the jeans more durable or anything like that. But it just, it can make them you know, look uh, better, I think. Uh, And again, it's also uh, the placement, the the layout and everything of the label, Um, right? And so the very last thing that I've noted here is um, quality control. Um, qc and and really this is where again down to attention to detail you can look for are there lots of loose thread around the jeans is the stitching nice and even um uh, you know basically everything that uh, that goes into making the jeans is it done well is it done sort of i'm doing air quotes now the right way the proper way um so 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 look for that uh that is for sure a sign of uh, of quality uh in raw denim jeans right so uh, so that actually takes uh, that actually brings us to the end of this episode uh, and i guess to summarize i uh, have been talking about uh, the defining features of quality raw denim jeans i talked about the denim uh, and specifically about the different fades i talked about um i talked about fit and then i talked about all the different details that go into jeans that i've identified and uh, yeah thanks for sticking around and um, i hope to catch you in another episode You've made it to the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss a future episode. And if you want more content about denim, go to denimhunters.com.